We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 3 this morning, if you would like to go ahead and turn there in your text. So we just finished 1 Peter, today we're switching to Paul, and then we talked about Popeyes. So that's the three P's of the church, Peter, Paul, and Popeyes, all right? So this morning, we are finally going to explain what all of those teasers meant that we were showing you at the end of the service these, these last few weeks. Remember the very first week we had that visual of brownie mix being dropped in the sink when it was unfinished? And then we had a bowl of cereal, and somebody finished the cereal and they poured out all of the milk. And then we had that tube of toothpaste where that person was trying to get every last bit of toothpaste out of that tube. And the question that we have been asking is, are you getting the most out of life? But today we're going to look at that question through the lens of the church. And what we mean when we ask that question is, are you maximizing every opportunity you have in this local church to grow in your walk with Christ? That's the question we're asking. Now Paul has written a letter to the church at Ephesus, and in chapter 3 today what we're going to be reading is a prayer that he prays on behalf of that congregation. And it is the same prayer that we pray on behalf of you today as a staff and as a church body. Beginning in verse 14, this is what Paul writes. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Today, we ask three questions of everyone in this room. Number one, if you are feeling weak today, the church of Jesus Christ is where you go to get abundant strength. Now, the riches of God's glory that Peter, I knew I was going to say Peter because I've been talking about Peter all summer long, that Paul is talking about here cannot be quantified. It cannot be measured. The richness of God's glory is so great But through the instrument of God's glory, he gives us strength exactly when we need it. Now this does not mean that suddenly we're going to be able to lift a thousand pounds over our head. Or that we're going to be able to beat up anybody who's looking for a fight. But what it does mean is whenever God calls you specifically to do something, he will always give you the strength needed in order to accomplish it. The beautiful thing about the strength that only comes from those that are in Christ, Paul tells us in the inner being, this idea of the inner being is only available to those that are in Christ. Jesus tells us that his spirit will come and reside in our hearts, 
This inner being never leaves us. The spirit of Christ never forsakes us. Once it comes into our hearts, we are sealed with it forever. And the beauty of this inner being is that it is not dependent on our physical condition. I have been with many people that have been close to the end of their life. I've held the hands of those that are close to death. I've read scripture with those that are close to dying. And those that are in Christ, even though physically their bodies may be dying, spiritually they are still alive. And the beauty of this inner being is that the spirit of Christ in us is not affected in any way by our physical condition. Even though our bodies over time get weaker and weaker and weaker, Our faith in Christ can still grow stronger and stronger and stronger. I'm sure you have known people that are no longer able to worship with us on Sunday. And they say they stay at home and they pray. And they get deep into the word of God and they feel alive. Why is that possible? Because our relationship with Jesus is not dependent on our physical bodies. It is dependent on the strength that only comes from the Spirit of Christ living inside of us. I love this quote from Joni Erickson Tata, who is a quadriplegic who became paralyzed, and now she writes a lot about suffering and how to reconcile faith with suffering and weakness in your physical body. And this is what she says when she talks about being physically weak, but also finding strength in Christ. She says, Jesus went without comfort so that you might have it. He postponed joy so that you might share in it. He willingly chose isolation so that you might never be alone in your hurt and sorrow. He had no real fellowship so that fellowship might be yours. This moment, this alone is enough cause for great gratitude. This is coming from a lady who has dealt with cancer twice. Chronic pain every day, living life in a wheelchair. And what she tells us is, my physical strength, my physical ability does not depend on how Christ can work in my life. And what Paul is praying to the church at Ephesus this morning is what he is telling you and me today. If you are feeling weak, physically, mentally, emotionally, the Spirit of God inside of you will give you the strength to accomplish exactly what it is that Jesus has called you to do. I want to give you an example of somebody in our church who talks about the strength that she finds in Christ. If you would, watch this video with me. The church has strengthened me in so many ways. You know, first you have to want to be strengthened. You have to be open to it. I come because I want to have, I want to worship with people. I can worship at home, but it's very important that we worship with people. Jesus was always with people. You can't connect with people until you're together. If you come to church, with an open mind, expecting Jesus to tell you something or to show you how to live or whatever it is. 
you know it's going to strengthen you. You know, I've never been to church that I did not get a blessing. I might have come to church at times when it really wasn't convenient or maybe, you know, I wasn't feeling well or something like that. But you know what? You never come without finding a blessing. I don't think I've ever regretted anything. I know I might have accepted some things from him that maybe I didn't do a good job, but you know what? He always sort of worked things out for me. If you commit yourself to the Lord, he will see you through it. He will equip you to get you through whatever you commit yourself to do. I had a precious sister, my sister Barbara. She was always talking to people about the Lord and always helping people. And she was in the hospital in the waiting room. And this young man came in, uh, to very distraught with his young wife uh, in labor, away from home. And they were bringing the, the baby to New Orleans. And my sister said, well, you just call my sister in New Orleans. She'll take care of you. Well, when my sister told me that, I thought, what can I do? But do you know the young man came to New Orleans with that baby? I sat and rocked that baby, and I saw that mother die. And what a horrible thing it was for that young man as he banged against the walls in my house, angry at God because he'd taken his wife and left him with that baby. I thought, Lord, why did you bring this into me? But you know, he brought it into me because he knew he could give me the strength to encourage that family. Look at me now, the age that I am. I could not have written my story to be like this. But I don't know, God did. I'm happy that he did and he didn't depend on me to do it. And although, you know, I'm becoming more limited in my activities, I know God has a purpose for me. And I know that uh, whatever it is, that he will provide everything that I ever need from him. And I know it will be good. And my responsibility is just live in love for him. The second question that we have for you this morning is, are you feeling isolated or angry? Get abundant love. As Paul continues in his prayer here, he prays that we would have the strength to comprehend the love of God. Now, why do we need strength? He's just prayed for strength. Why do we need strength to comprehend the love of God? Well, it goes back to the whole reason that Paul is bowing on his knees before the Father. Because he has been entrusted with the mystery of the gospel. And that is that the gospel is to go to everyone. To the Gentiles, to the whole world. And God has entrusted this to the church. The church is his vehicle for doing this. And without love... We could never, ever do justice to this challenge that God gives us, this entrusting that God gives us. If we don't know that God's love can reach anyone, we would never take the gospel to them. And as Paul prays for this gospel to go out, he says that God's love is broad. It's broad enough to span 
every difference that you can think of, every difference that would keep us from sharing the gospel, from loving someone, a cultural difference, a racial difference, a difference in political views. God's love is broad enough to span that. And God's love is long enough to span time. A lot of times we want to give up on somebody. We've prayed for them. We've pled for their salvation or for them to grow or for them to forsake a sin. And it doesn't happen. And we pray and we pray and we pray and we want to give up. God's love is long enough to span those time differences. God's love is also high enough he wants us to know how broad, how long, and how high is the love of God. You know, there's no one who has risen to a height that is so high that God's love cannot reach them. You are not too high up and high and mighty for God to love you, for God's love to matter to you. And no one is so high that you can't share God's love with them and that they don't need God's love. And then God's love is deep. I love that Jerry prayed this morning that we would fathom the depths of God's love. God's love is deep. There is no pit that is deep enough that God's love cannot reach down into it and, and save someone who is in that pit. No pit that you're in, no pit that a loved one is in is too deep for God's love. So Paul prays that we would comprehend the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth of God's love. And he prays that we would comprehend it with all the saints. You know what that means? That means with the church. That we as a church would come to understand God's love together. That's as we learn to love each other. It's as we learn to love others with each other. And it's as others learn to love us. We begin to comprehend God's love and how it works. This sort of comprehension, Paul tells us, is a knowledge that surpasses knowledge. I pray that you would know a love that surpasses knowledge. It's inexplicable. It's incomprehensible. It's unfathomable. It really just doesn't make sense, God's love. And yet, it's something that he wants us to know. It's downright scary sometimes. When I was a kid, I would belt out the song by the Everly Brothers. Love hurts, love scars, love wounds, love Mars. I loved that song. I had no earthly idea what it meant. I had not felt the pain of love at that time. As we grow, we do understand that when we open our hearts to love, as we let God stretch us to comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depths of his love, he enlarges our heart. And as he enlarges our heart and opens it up, we open ourselves to hurt. It hurts when we pray for someone to receive Christ and they reject him. It hurts when we share the truth with someone about sin or about God's goodness and they reject it. 
It hurts when we see people make choices that will take them down a road that we know will bring them pain. So opening up our hearts to love will bring pain. But it also brings rejoicing. When we open our hearts to love, we rejoice with one another. When you have a joy, I feel that joy because I love you. When we see someone grasp the joy of salvation, we comprehend that joy, and it's our joy because we love them. So when we open up our hearts to love, we open our hearts to pain, yes, but we also open it to rejoicing. And sometimes, y'all, we hold one in one hand and one in the other at the same time. We feel the sorrow and we feel the rejoicing in, at one and the same moment. As we open our hearts and we're stretched by this love, God fills our hearts. This is how we know the fullness of God. When we love the way God has wanted us to love and the way that Paul has prayed for us to love. We have a story for you now, and I, I don't know what to call it except for a love story. It's the story of two brothers. Let's watch. You know, I, I had the best childhood. I had a, my mom was an alcoholic, had a lot of issues, wasn't the most stable childhood. My dad was always working. Lost my dad at 20 years old. No, no mom, no dad at 20. So I was, I was, I was angry for for a lot of years there. Me and Carlo, you go back in, in the 90s, we had some rough times there. For me, I mean, obviously, it's it's a a, a very um, emotional point with Michael and I. We were we were raised by by the same father, but uh, quite different. As, a, as a, a 14, 15, 16 year old kid, I didn't always understand some of the heartache that he was going through with his mother and really didn't realize that until later on. Uh, there's a 14 year gap between us, but that gap was closed immediately through Christ. He started planting a seed, come to First Baptist and get to know God on a different level. And I think we're like, hey, every Sunday, hey, come to church. But, you know, just that, that kind of that every time we, we see each other for, you know, the holidays and, and all kinds of, you know, come to church, come to church. And if it weren't for the love of my wife, Jessica, who's really softened my heart throughout the years, he's planted the seed. She's the one that softened the heart to start coming to church on a regular basis. And, you know, when we came, we just felt welcome. And Jess was, just felt like, why are people so happy? Why is, is what's up with this? And, it's authentic. It wasn't a fake happiness. It was. It's real. You know, one of the things that that I'm so blessed with was, you know, I, I've said this in the past that, you know, we're not called to be believers. We're called to be disciples. And Michael took that leap of faith to come to church, to come here to First Baptist, and then God moved his heart and in a direction to continue to have him to come here. And that was something that was just a joy to see. So our relationship was was not something that I fixed, not something that he fixed. It was something that only God, you know, the great I am could could do. And it was just, it was fantastic to see, to see him on a journey and bring his family with him. If you put God first, he restores relationship, broken relationship. If you can forgive as Christ has forgiven you, the pain instantaneously just goes away. And then you then it becomes restoration, peace. I'm so blessed to have him as my brother. He has been a leader in my life. He was like, he's like basically like a dad in my life. And I love him to death. Only God can can do that. And I love him.
the love of Christ is the only one who is capable of taking our relationships and restoring them back to the way that they need to be. And so not only does God give us abundant strength, he gives us abundant love, but he also gives us abundant action. And so our third question is, are you feeling inadequate this morning? If so, get abundant action. Now, Ephesians 3.20, in my opinion, is one of the greatest verses in all of the New Testament because it gives all the praise, glory, and honor to who it belongs to. And what Paul is saying here is that we are not capable in our finite minds of understanding all of the great ways that God works on our behalf. He does so much more than we could ever imagine, that we could ever ask. That's how big and how vast he is. And Paul tells us that God knows that we will never be able to fully understand everything about him. And he loves us anyways. You see, there's always going to be a void in the human heart apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here's the danger of that void. Today, there are so many distractions. There are so many ways for people to find meaning and fulfillment and purpose. They might go throughout their entire life and not realize that there is even a void there. But Jesus knows that every human being, in order to be made right with God, must have a relationship with Jesus. And so it is our job as believers in Jesus Christ to make sure people see that void in their own hearts in a loving and compassionate way. Because there are so many idols in our life that distract us, whether it be our job, whether it be productivity, achievement, money. We can walk through life thinking that we have everything that we need, but spiritually we are dead on the inside. But Jesus came to save us. Jesus took action himself. In fact, he gave the greatest action that could ever be given. When he died on the cross for our sins, loved us unconditionally in spite of all of the sin in our life. I know there are many people here today who come to worship every single week and they think in their minds, I don't have anything to give. I don't have any giftedness in which to serve in this body. I feel completely inadequate to come and use the gifts that God has given me. But the reality is, Jesus is the one who has given you your gift. If the Spirit of Christ resides in your heart, then you have all you need in order to engage and connect with this body. In order to go and serve and be a part of what God is doing in this congregation. All you have to do is be obedient. The Spirit of God resides in us. He has given us a gift. And it is our response to be obedient to Him and go and to serve Him however He is moving in our hearts. Today, the Taste of New Orleans Ministry Fair is an opportunity for every person in this room to explore all of the ways that God is working through this local body. In 1519, the great explorer Cortez landed in Veracruz to begin his great conquest. And did you know what he did when he landed? Legend has it that he actually burned all of the ships that him and his men came in on. 
in order to make sure that they would fulfill the mission that they were set out to do. Now, this is a pretty gutsy move, to burn all of the ships so there is no way to leave. You must accomplish the mission that I'm telling you to do because you have no other choice. And the lesson in what Cortez did is very, very telling. Retreat is easy when you have the option But when there is no option to retreat, when there is no option to run the other way, you are forced to do the mission that is set in front of you. Now, I'm not as brave as Cortez this morning, so I can't burn up all these exit doors today as you leave. You are free to go after the service is over. But I would challenge you today to not leave without going into our fellowship hall and looking at all of the ways that you can use the giftedness that God has given you to be a part of the body of Christ here. If you feel isolated, if you feel like you are not connecting, the best way to do that is to begin using the gifts that God has given you. It is to begin serving with other people. It is not to retreat, but it is to go and fulfill the mission that God has called you to. You know, the deepest relationships that I have with people in this church, hands down, came in the moments in my life when I was out serving with other people. Whether that be at the wall 10 years ago, whether that be at Ozanam Inn feeding the homeless, whether that be in the Upper Ninth Ward mentoring kids and coaching them in football and basketball and baseball, and we were the worst team, hands down, by far. But the relationships that I established with brothers and sisters in Christ and the transformation I saw in those kids' lives and in my own lives and in all of us that were out there volunteering, that's what it's all about. When you serve with other people, relationships within the body can't help but be strengthened. You cannot live in isolation when you are out serving, using the giftedness that God has called you to, because the body of Christ is in this journey together. So my challenge to you today is not to retreat, but to fulfill the mission that God has given every single one of us in this room who are believers in Jesus Christ, to go and make disciples in this city and around the world. Do not retreat. I want to show you one more video of a lady in our church who responded to the calling that God placed on her life and she began to do abundant action because she knew the importance of obedience. Let's watch this video together. I I, I don't doubt the the largeness of God. I I just don't. I'm very um, trusted of all that he can do, but I know that he says, you don't have a clue how much I can do and how big it can be. He tells us that. And I have to say that, you know, I see it so much in in the lives of my children just because um, they teach you things, you know, And, and maybe it's a normal thing and, you know, it just surprises me because you don't know till you know. But um, kids really teach you things. Like, they teach you, do you believe what you say you believe? 
because you know you teach them one way and sometimes you are not as patient as you teach them to be or you are not as merciful as you teach them to be or even as committed as you teach them to be and then they tell you no we need to go do this because this is the right way to do it or no mom i'm not gonna say that <laughs> i'm not gonna handle it that way you know if your kids are being bullied or whatever and 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 you you don't always tell them to turn the other cheek but they do turn the other cheek because that's what you've been teaching them that's what they've learned in church that's what they've read in the word and they're sticking by it and um i, I find that to be something that god tells us how the kids will teach us or lead us and um and sometimes they do and and that's you know just refreshing to me actually I, I immediately accept the rebuke because that's exactly what it is it's a rebuke from god when your children are able to speak back to you those things that you have tried to sow into their lives and that the church community has tried to sow into their lives and um i know that it may sound like a small thing but to me, that's a largeness of God because then you're doing exactly what he told you to do. Teach these things to your children and when they are old, they will not depart from it. You know, um, pass it on to the generation so they will know. It's it's a very big thing. It's, it's obedience. It's, it's what God wants us to do. So Paul prayed this prayer for the church, and he did it for a reason. He did it because the church is God's vehicle for sharing the gospel. If you are not feeling strong, if you are feeling weak, if you just don't get the love of God, its depths, its breadth, its length, its heights, if you are not seeing God move in ways that boggle your imagination, maybe it's because you're trying to do this disciple of Christ thing on your own. And you were not created to do that. You were created to do it in community together. When we worship together, when we raise our voices praising God together, when we study God's word together in order to know him and his ways better, when we have a common purpose of loving God, loving others, and making disciples, that is community. That's church. So maybe if you're not having all those things in your life, it's because you're not doing church and you need to do a little bit more of it. We're going to have a time of response this morning. Now, usually when we do this, we, our ministers stand at the front and we invite you to come down if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you want to unite with our church as a member of the body, or if you just need prayer. And we're going to be down here this morning to do that as well. But we are going to do something a little bit different. You have a, an insert in your worship guide, and it says, it says community on it. And we're going to give you time to find that insert and read through it. 
and prayerfully consider what you need, what you're looking for in the way of community. What do you need to do differently to be the church? So we're going to come together. We're going to get that insert out, if y'all will do that. Um, After you have read through it and written out your response, we're going to invite you to take the first step toward obedience in that and bring that that form down to the front or to the transverse transverse, um, aisle. There'll be some buckets there for you to put it in. And um, that's, that's just a way of letting us know that we can pray for you as you make this commitment to seek a deeper community with, with other believers. So let's find those inserts and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now and we lift up this body. Lord, I, I bow on my knees before you and lift these people up to you. And ask, Lord, that they would know you, that they would know community, that they would be strengthened, that they would know your love, and, Lord, that they would see you work in ways that are unfathomable, that in ways that are beyond their comprehension and their imagination. Lord, show us this morning what we need to do to be a part of your, of your community. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.